America's game. Now, 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 stop coming and say everything can change. The change. That warp tool made you open your brain. Open your brain. Eric Vanek is here, so remember the name. Remember the name. Hey, hey. He got the waiver wire for the week. Tell you who to start and who to give a seat. Dropping the podcast every week. You know the knowledge is elite. After the show, we gon' hold a Lombardi. I'm celebrating like we throwing a party. This the blueprint and I know they gon' copy. Cause this is America's game What is up, everybody? Welcome back to America's Game, episode number 29. I am your host, Eric Vanek, and you can follow me on Twitter, at NFL. And uh, continuing quarterback month here again today, and we're going to do quarterback prospects, and I brought in Christian. Christian, what's going on, man? How you doing, Eric? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. How about you? Doing great. Glad to be back. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you on again. Uh, I think it's what your third time, second or third time? Second time. Second time. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So good to have you back again. Uh, we just finished the Super Bowl, Chiefs yeah. and Forty uh, Nine ers. A uh, pretty decent game. What'd you think of it? I was scared. First half got me. I thought there was going to be another Rams Patriots defensive battle the entire time. It was sloppy, but uh, I mean, it was it was a great ending. Yeah. For sure. And Mahomes just does it again, man. Um, he's always doing it. Just it's hard yeah. to bet against the guy. It's impossible. I was actually texting one of my friends before and I told them the same thing. I was like, he goes, Oh, what do you think? And he's a Niners fan, so obviously it hurt his feelings, but I was like, I can't bet I can't bet against Mahomes. Yeah. He is just absolutely ridiculous. Um just the things that he can do, man, just take his team. Lead him on charge. Uh, I mean, literally only had really Kelsey and Pacheco. MVS finally caught the ball, which was yeah. shocking. Um, Justin Watson made a couple nice catches. Like It's like Brady did this early in his career. He had like Rache Caldwell and David yeah. Patton and all these guys that he made just really good, you know, towards the end there. And uh, Mahomes did that this year, I mean. Um, you know, Kelsey came through in the second half, one for one in, in the first half, and then yeah, had no. 92 yards in the second half. So Kelsey came yeah. through there. Um, yeah, it was a really good game. I thought, you know, good came down right to the wire there, went to overtime. Um, obviously, that missed extra point or blocked extra point was um, yeah, that was huge. huge. Yeah, I mean that really changed the game all around. Uh, let the uh, Chiefs come down and kick the field goal to tie it to get it to overtime. So. Uh, yeah, really good game. 49ers are still a really good team. I wouldn't be shocked if they're back in it next year. Um, oh, no doubt. Chiefs, I just can't count them out, man. Like, we did our playoff um, lineups and stuff and, you know, thinking who's going to be in the Super Bowl. I'm like, man, I, I didn't even really think about putting Mahomes there as, like, my quarterback in those lineup leagues. So it's like, I don't know. He's just uh, – he's incredible, man. Incredible stuff it's that we're watching. Else. Yeah, I mean, we watched we watched Manning, we watched Brady, now Mahomes. So it's like just sit yeah. back and enjoy, pretty much. And it's and they all just like their times all just like ended perfectly, it's right? Like all sinking, right, Plus, right, right. Good time, exactly. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the quarterback prospects here in the twenty twenty four class coming up. 
Um, if you are a part of the South Harmon Patreon and you're in the $8 tier, um, you get access to our rookie rankings, um, our dynasty rankings, myself, Adam, Mike, Christian, Dynasty Barry, Koopa. We all have our own rankings up on the sheet. So if you are in the $8 tier, you get access to that. Um, you guys can check out all our rankings that we have going on for Dynasty and the rookies right now. Um, we will add the rookies or something. Mike, um, Mike's added the rookies to his dynasty rankings. I usually wait until I see what team they land on and all that. Um, but those will be added like during the draft and stuff. So those will all be updated for you. If you're doing, uh, any startups this off season, those are great to use. Um, kind of get a consensus rankings sheet on there as well. So you have all six of us combined in one ranking sheet as well. So you can kind of get our consensus on rookies and Debbie's. So, um, check that out. Um, with that, though, Christian, are you ready to talk about some quarterbacks, my man? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So consensus number one for both myself and you is Caleb Williams. So uh, what do you what do you like about Caleb Williams? What are some of the things that make him, you know, the number one overall guy for you in this draft over like Drake May and Jaden Daniels? Um, I just think it's what he can do in terms of fantasy production. Uh, specifically uh to be completely honest i like the overall prospect of drake may better as an nfl quarterback but what caleb williams can do for an offense and the way he's able to extend plays and you know step into the pocket scramble out move the pocket around it's it takes it to another level and it's and it's exciting it's you know what what we all want to see in football um Mm. he's got really good ball placement um, his accuracy, for the most part, is actually very good as well. The one thing that I uh, tend to notice with him is he's a little hesitant, especially when throwing in the middle of the field. Um, there were some there was some film that I was watching where he had receivers, you know, quick on quick slants over the middle, and he was scared to throw the ball into tight windows. So that hesitancy is, you know, it's something that he's going to have to work on. Um, I mean, he's not a perfect prospect; nobody ever is. Um, but it's not something that I'm overly worried about. I, I tend to worry more about, honestly, the the fumbles because mm-hmm. uh, he did have a lot of fumbles, especially this past year. But uh, he's he's exciting. I mean, he takes he takes the quarterback position just the thought of it to the next level, and it's something that we've seen over the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that does scare me about him is a lot of his stuff comes off structure of the play. And, you know, like you talked about a little bit, he's running around, he's making plays like he's, you know, people have compared him to Mahomes a little bit. Like he's not as good as Mahomes. I, um, no, nobody's really good as Mahomes, but um, he has like a similar play style to Mahomes is that he is actually like a little bit smaller than I thought too. Like I thought like, oh, he's some like big six four six five guy. He's really not. Um, so he does take some hits too. Um just the the off structure stuff does worry me a little bit, but he's just so good at just making plays off of that. Like hopefully he can correct that a little bit and, you know, get more, you know, I'm not telling him to take, take that away from his game. Cause that's what makes him special. But yeah. if he was a little bit more in structure and playing wise, I think I would like him uh, a little bit more than like, if I had what I'm trying to get to is, if I had to choose out of these top three quarterbacks between Caleb, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, 
if I had to pick one that I thought could be the bust, I kind of think it might be Caleb. I, I I tend to agree. I mean, he's definitely has the highest ceiling. Yes, um, I agree with that. And I think his floor is a little safer than like Jay and Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, to tell you the truth, Jay and Daniels terrifies me. I mean, he's, really? he's a okay. toothpick. He's a toothpick. I mean, his, his throwing ability is good. Like, he's not a bad quarterback. But, I mean, he, he seen, it seems – I mean, we'll talk about him later. But um, with Caleb, I think he does tend to scramble and move around a lot. But mm-hmm. he also does a really good job and then establishing that second pocket to that where he right. can then make his reads, allow his receivers to – get open downfield on these scramble plays and, you know, then be able to deliver the ball. It almost perfect. I mean, he's got an arm cannon to go along yeah. with his ability to rush and move around. So that's what makes him the, the prospect, the level of prospect that he is. Yeah. And I think, you know, having like a good offensive line around him, is going to be important. Um, Chicago did get a little bit better at that if, if he is going to go to Chicago. But the other thing with Chicago is they need to get some weapons around him. Like, I don't know if he would be able to, you know, dominate, like, with just DJ Moore and Cole Komet. And, like, okay, sure, you might have Darnell Mooney. I don't remember if he's a free agent or not. Yeah, he's but free they, agent. Yeah, so if he leaves, like, they literally have, like, nobody. So they got to get some more playmakers around him. So... If they do draft Caleb at one, maybe at nine, if Odunze or Neighbors, whoever falls there, and they are able to take him, I would jump on it. Or, um, you know, if they trade back and get a receiver and pick up some more picks for later in the draft, that would be great too. Um, but I want to see Chicago surround him with more weapons, even if they bring some free agents in, because I think their running backs are okay. Herbert and Roshan. If they re-signed Foreman, that would be good too. But even not, just having Roshan and Khalil Herbert, I think, are decent enough. Um, so they just got to put some more offensive pass-catching weapons around him. So if they can do that in the draft, I would be more, um, you know, okay with it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that they're in a good spot either way. Because um, like you said, if they take Caleb at one, they have been uh, number nine pick as well. And even if they don't go receiver there, like let's say uh, Odunze and Neighbors are both gone by there, which I I anticipate at least mm-hmm. Neighbors being gone. But if Odunze is also gone, they're going to benefit from the fact that this is not only a deep receiver class, they don't have a second-round pick, but you figure they draft Caleb, they're trading Justin Fields, they're accumulating at least a second. right? And it's going to be a high second for the most part. And with, like I said, with the depth of this wide receiver class, they're still going to get a good receiver at the top of the second round. And they have a decent amount of cap space, too. So if they need to go out and sign um, a Mike Evans, if T. Higgins doesn't get franchise tagged, they can go and they can go after him. I mean, they've got they've got, you know, different different ways to make it work. And I, I think even if they go Caleb at one and then Alt's not going to fall to them, but if they can get Fuaga or Olu Pashanu at nine to really secure that offensive line and they just Absolutely. build the weapons around them from there, I think that's that's another way that they can really just surround him with what he needs to succeed at that next level. Absolutely. I was, that was my next point was even if one of those receivers is gone, I don't think they would take Brock Bauer since they have Komet and just invested into him. Uh, taking another offensive tackle 
um, which this draft has plenty of really good offensive tackles, that would be awesome. So I would definitely be in on that. And then, like you said, they're going to have their own second and a – no, no, they traded their second for Sweat. They traded it for Sweat. So so they might accumulate one back from, like, Atlanta or something, right? Um, Or even if they can – think with the depth of this offensive uh, line class, if a team like Denver – wants to move up or a team like uh, the Raiders want to move up to draft that fourth quarterback in their mm-hmm. number nine spot. They just move back a couple spots, accumulate more draft capital. They continue to build out there because there's going to be another good offensive lineman at exactly. 12, 13 spots. So they've, they've got a multitude of options there. Absolutely. Yep. I agree with that. So uh, the bears are in a good spot. Uh, last year, this new GM actually drafted pretty decent. Like they drafted a shit ton of defense, and their defense really came on at the end of the year. Um, they just got to flip it over to the offensive side of the ball now. So um, we'll see what happens there. I, I I do have some high hopes there for the Bears. Um, second quarterback. So we'll go with your number two. My number two is different. Um, so we'll go with Drake May from North Carolina. What are your thoughts on Drake May? Oh, just what I said. I think he's a better overall. He's the safest, to me, quarterback prospect of the three. Um, Just what he can put together overall. I mean, just like we talked about, Caleb, his arm strength is there. Like, he has great arm strength, great um, accuracy with the ball, too. The big difference between him and Caleb is that he's not afraid to throw the ball into tight spaces, into tight windows. He can also – he's not a scrambling quarterback, but he moves around pretty well. For, I mean, someone his size, he's six four. Like yeah, he's – I would say he's, he's close to like a Daniel Jones type in rushing-wise. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I was talking about it the other day in the Discord that I think he can get – I mean, his four can be 500 rushing yards, and that's, that's I think, safe, um, mm-hmm. all things so. considered. It's just his play style is really good. Um his ability to make uh, reads pre-snap to like identify blitzes, identify the rushers, move the protections. I think it's it's something that it's really special. It's not something mm-hmm. that you typically see from a young quarterback like mm-hmm. this, a young quarterback prospect like this. Right. He did lose some weapons this past season in college, so he didn't have like the elite Josh Downs and all these other guys, uh, Antoine Green, they had for they went to Detroit. Um, Tess Walker so he hasn't looked, didn't look great in senior bowl, but Tess Walker was also out half the year. Half the year, right, yeah. So, so he wasn't playing with, like, elite players this year, so his production dipped, kind of like Sam Howell. Same thing happened to Sam Howell um, in the same school. So, uh, But, yeah, when I watch Drake May, man, he can definitely run, so that's a plus in this NFL. Um Definitely can make every single throw out there, absolutely. Um, Pretty good accuracy. His accuracy tailed off a little bit this year compared to the previous year. Uh, But I think he's still got that. Like, it's not like he's terrible at it or anything like that. Um, So I think, like, yeah, Washington or New England, whoever takes him second or third or somebody moves up, whatever, um, I think they're getting a really good quarterback there, man. He's He can definitely do it all. Yeah, he's... He's going to be the, the quarterback that, like, he might go third quarterback off the board, mm-hmm. but there's no, there won't be a team that's like, oh, man, we ended up having to draft Drake May because he was the last quarterback available. It's going to be like, no, you're getting a really good quarterback. Right, yeah. And he's going to be another one, too, where um, 
I mean, it's pretty much the same for all these guys. You gotta, you gotta put some weapons around these guys. So if he does end up in Washington, okay, he's got McLaurin, he's got Jahan Dotson with them. Uh, Brian Robinson came on at the year. Their offensive line though was fucking trash. Um, yeah, so they gotta really upgrade that offensive line. Um, but they do have two seconds from that trade with the Bears, right? So, so they yeah, can... they can do that. And then uh, what did they get for Chase Young? I forget. It was a fourth, a fourth or something. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they got you know a couple extra picks there that they could use. Um, you know, they could probably use a, a maybe a better upgrade at tight end since Logan Thomas is getting older. Um, probably yeah. use another receiver. You know, uh, unless they re-sign Curtis Samuel, then they'll at least have three. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he ended up there, that'd be fine. New England, obviously, New England's gonna have to really get some wide receivers in there. They have a couple. Uh, Demario Douglas, I like, but that's more of like a slot player. Um, Kendrick Bourne, it sounds like um, there's mutual interest there to re-sign Kendrick Bourne, but he is coming off an ACL. Uh, but after that, it's pretty bleak there. Uh, all their tight ends are free agents, every single one of them. So we'll see if they re-sign a tight end. So uh, going to New England, they, they're going to need some help there um, if, if Drake May did end up going there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree. So next one up is going to be Jaden Daniels, who I have as second and you have as third. Uh, so I'll start on Jaden Daniels. So wa- watching him, uh, obviously this year was – incredible Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I compare him to Lamar Jackson running-wise. Like, he's not as fast, but it's not like um, he's far off. Like, maybe like a step off, man. Um, he could he could easily be a 800-yard rushing quarterback in the league. I have no doubts about that. Um, and that's probably, you know, floor being safe, basically, kind of like you said with Drake May. So I think Jaden Daniels, for that reason, that's why I put him second in dynasty fantasy rankings, because I think his rushing is going to be there to elevate him above a Drake May. So that's why I have Jaden Daniels there. But the arm talent and all that is still there, too. Like, he was super uh, accurate from the stuff that I saw. Um he can throw the ball deep downfield. Obviously, he had two of the best receivers in the country, you know, two yeah, of the top four or five. That's so, kind of like the point. Yeah. Okay. He's, um, yeah, he's got, you know, he had two great weapons. So that obviously made him good too. But it's not like it was because, um, you know, Jaden Daniels sucks or something. Those guys made him yeah. look better. No, Jaden Daniels is a, is a really damn good player. Um, his vision when he runs, man, it's like almost like a running back. He's, uh, yeah. A couple of those runs, man. His just has really good vision, knows where to run. Um, you did bring up that he is smaller. Yes, he's like a kind of like a toothpick. It says he's two ten. I like. I don't know if I believe that. Uh, so we'll see when it comes to the combine here what he weighs in at. It, even if he does weigh in, I'm I'm guessing he doesn't run and doesn't weigh in. Would be my guess. No. Um, no. I think you're kind of just gonna have to. You know, see what you see on tape and, and take it from there. But with um, with Jaden Daniels, man, I I just really like the fantasy upside to him to where he could, you know, like I said, run for eight hundred yards. He's going to get some rushing touchdowns, and his passing is really good too. Um, I'd love to see him with Washington, so where he has some weapons already that are established, like McLaurin and uh, Jahan Dotson and those guys. If he goes to New England, I think that. 
might pause me a little bit to maybe put May give May like the slight bump of May goes to Washington over Daniels. Um, Daniels still going to be able to run the ball and do all that, but um, just the weapons there for New England are going to be. I mean, it would be like 2022 Justin Fields, right? Pre DJ Moore, right? And that's and that's why I put May um, in fantasy rankings above Jaden Daniels because I feel like wherever he goes, I'm confident that he's going to be able to produce mm-hmm. no matter. Like I won't get any hesitancy drafting him. Right. Whereas with Jaden Daniels, if he goes to New England, like I'll I'll kind of be nervous. Right. Yeah, they're de- definitely have to bring some quality weapons back around him. Like if they could re-sign Hunter Henry, that would give me some more confidence. Um, you know, if they can draft somebody in round two, like they need multiple guys. Like they need to draft like two or three receivers in this draft, honestly, to go with and an offensive Douglas. line. Because their yeah, offensive the, line is not good either. No, it wasn't great, but it's it was at least uh, average to below average. Like it wasn't the worst in the league. It wasn't like Washington's. That was a fucking sieve. Yeah. So um, they're going to have to invest in that offensive line too. So I agree with you on that. But, man, I just think with Jaden Daniels' rushing ability, um, that really, really intrigues me. And usually if you look at um, you know, look at any of our dynasty rankings, you look up here. I'll just pull mine up here. Here's Josh Allen. Here's Jalen Hurts. Here's Lamar Jackson. Here's Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Like Anthony Richardson's up here. It's the guys that can run for 600 to 800 yards that are all up here. So that's why I, I'm going to value um, Jaden Daniels a little bit higher. Just um, Yeah, my thing is personally. with his play style, he – he runs like an Anthony Richardson. He runs like, you know, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts before he got hurt with that knee injury that you can tell definitely hobbled him this season. Mm-hmm. But the problem is he's not their size. Right. Like he goes out seeking contact. And there's that viral video on Twitter of him trying to like jump the entire line, like trying to hurdle guys in the middle of the field on a scramble and he gets absolutely yeah. leveled. Um, and that's that's terrifying because, oh, for sure. you know, College hits and NFL hits are totally different. Exactly. Um, yeah. He's going to have to learn how to slide. Him. Yeah. He's going to have to do what Lamar does. Yeah. Like, honestly, he should just watch some Lamar Jackson tape because yeah. uh, if he can just do what Lamar does, you know, slide, get out of bounds, do all that stuff, I think I'm, I'm more than happy with Jaden Daniels from what I saw, yeah. but um, pretty good. Uh, next one up is uh, the same for both me and you. We both have him at number four. And definitely one of the more polarizing quarterbacks um, in this class, and that's J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. So I'll let you take the floor on J.J. and what you think. Um, So I've actually um, kind of changed my thoughts on J.J. McCarthy as the process has gone on and more film that I've watched. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a really good quarterback. Um, I think he has the arm strength. He has the arm talent. Um, just because the numbers don't show it doesn't mean he can't do it. And it just Mm -hmm. so happens that the offense that he was in was very efficient when it came to the pass game. They only passed when they had to, as opposed to trying to open up their their play calling with passing. Um, So obviously his box score is not going to look great. But in times where he was able to do it, like was able to pass the ball, he was very effective with it. And I think that's very underrated part of his game just because you know everybody thinks Michigan they think power running the offensive line Blake Corum Donovan Edwards you know those guys really especially you know in the in the playoffs 
J.J. McCarthy really didn't have to do anything, but he definitely showed out when he had to. And I think that's the biggest thing. And um, I don't know. He's To me, it's going to be kind of uh, situation-dependent as to what like situation I think will get the best out of him. Mm. Um, like if he goes to, if he can go to a place where he can sit behind somebody for a year and actually develop like as a quarterback, like a pass first quarterback, then I think that's going to do him wonders. I mean, we, there are multiple people that I've heard that I've listened to uh, that I've read on that say, if he sits behind a Matt Stafford with the Rams, or if he's able to sit behind a veteran in with a uh, Sean Payton, or if he's able to, you know, just something like that and truly develop into a system, I think it would do wonders for him. But uh, if I think he can, I think he can play court and be a starting quarterback this year. It's just it's going to come with growing pains. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. So when I came into this process, uh, just watching Michigan games from watching big 10 games and stuff, you know, I, watch McCarthy and I'm like, eh, he's okay. Like, I don't think he's some elite prospect or anything like that. But then I sat down and watched uh, some games, some highlights of McCarthy. And I just became more and more impressed by the more I watched. So I'm like you, I started off iffy and became a fan um, as it came up, as it went on there, his ability to, uh, you know, move out of the pocket and make throws down the field or make throws on the run is really, really good. Like he can pinpoint it, uh, accuracy, good ball placement, good ball as in a spiral and all that. Like he was really good at that stuff, um, especially at the, his yeah. scram- a little bit of scrambling, scrambling ability, uh, moving the pocket and doing all that. Like McCarthy is very good. So that's what impressed me about yeah. him. Like he could be... Um, He's definitely not like um, a game manager. I think he's a step above that. He he could be like yeah. um, not play my, style. My for, him, my for him would be like a Kirk Cousins. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. Kirk Cousins. Like he can I, scramble when he has to. He, he's not gonna. He's not an overly athletic quarterback. He's not gonna rush for a ton of yards, but he can move around. He can play off the play action really well. He can, like you said, he can fit the ball into tight windows. His yeah. his one thing is he really only throws at one speed. And it's a fireball. Yes. It's yeah. a laser. But I mean, it just shows his arm strength. So he, mm-hmm. he can just develop that touch. I mean, he can be. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't a crazy comp, in my opinion. No, that's who I was going to say. So that's perfect. <laughs> um, I did think, like, after, because I kind of watched these guys back to back to back. I thought his arm strength wasn't as good as Caleb May and Daniels. I think it's like a tiny step below those guys, but it's not like it, he can't make NFL throws. He can definitely make NFL throws. It just may be some of the deep balls or the out routes and stuff like that. And it's not as, it's not going to get there as fast as Jaden and May. Yeah, and it's Caleb not as crisp. Guys. Right, exactly. Um, so that's kind of what I thought about McCarthy, but I agree with you. I think, I think he is going to be a first round pick. Do you? Yeah, I think the team's yeah. gonna. It's gonna be one of those teams trading up for him. Honestly, yeah, I think it's gonna I, be Minnesota, Denver, or Vegas trading up for him. Yeah, and like I wouldn't even be shocked if Atlanta just sat there at eight and they took him if they don't get Fields too. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked at that because um, 
Zach Robinson coming over from Sean McVay and the Rams and yeah. the Rams whole system. Like I think McCarthy would actually fit pretty good in that system. So I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta just, if they didn't trade for fields and fields went somewhere else, if they took McCarthy at eight, like that wouldn't shock me either. That's kind of what it seems like. Like his, he didn't perform at the, like he didn't come go and go to the senior bowl or nothing like that. But Mm-hmm. I mean, he with his stock is rising like yeah. each and every day, and everything that I've read and seen and watched of him, it's it's backing everything up. So it's mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see where exactly he jumps up to. For me, it's kind of like um, remember when Baker, like all of a sudden it was like draft day, and Baker that's the day where everybody's mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying he's going to go number one, but I'm saying right. like that jump out of like nowhere last second, be like. Yeah, you know, a team might jump into the top five and trade for and trade for him. Mm-hmm. So it, it's gonna be gonna be a fun thing to watch. Yeah, that's why I think Atlanta or somebody jumps up to seven in front of Atlanta or and takes McCarthy. Five with the Chargers. The Chargers need to accumulate all this draft capital yeah. so they could be a team that if somebody really wants to jump and get in front of the Giants to take him, because yeah. if, he, if the Giants are another team that could take him, it's could happen. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. So there, there's definitely multiple ways for McCarthy to be a top 10 pick. So I agree with you on that. Um, next up, I have, um, yeah, we both had the same next two. So uh, next one up is Bo Nix from Oregon. So what were your thoughts on Bo Nix? I mean, everybody knows Bo Nix by this point. He just he just loves ball. Uh, yeah. That's that's kind of what it is. I mean, he's it's, everybody knows the story that he's, taken every year of eligibility possible and just wanted to stay stay and play college quarterback but he the thing is like he's actually a really good quarterback mm-hmm. and i think that the the fact that he stayed back for so like he stayed he was a five-year player in college i think that's what he's coming out as an older prospect as well it's kind of what has people kind of pulling back on him but everything with him is just so refined already. And obviously it comes with all the reps, all the eight, like the games played and everything like that. So he's coming, he's going to be a quarterback that comes in and that's basically what he is. Like he, I don't think he's going to develop into much more, um, but he, he's a really good athlete. I mean, he's, like I said, he's got the arm strength. He could throw on the run as well. I and mean, we saw it this year, him and Troy Franklin, that connection was, was great and i mean that oregon team was was really good on offense um the problem with him is that he he tends to throw a lot in the seam like down the seams Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's a uh what caused like that's why that's the connection that him and troy franklin has that's why it was so good but um that's something he'll definitely have to work on and i don't know if it's maybe he's just scared of throwing Mm -hmm. the ball in the middle of the field and you know, not very risk like he's more risk averse. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's not something that I don't think that an NFL like coaching system can't get out of him. Right. It, to me, I think he more profiles as like a second to third round pick. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking on him. Uh, but no, I agree with you. Like he he does have a really good arm. He can run the ball a little bit too if you need to. So he's not like a statue uh, sitting back there. He is, um, he's definitely improved since Auburn. So getting into that Oregon offense where he could um, sling the rock around, he had really good weapons there. Uh, going against some shitty Pac-12 defenses as well helped. Um, yeah. So he put up some numbers. Um, you know, like, 
senior bowl stuff, you know, him and Penix. Penix is the next guy we're going to talk about. You know, the chatter on both of them were, you know, it was okay. Some days, some days were shitty. Um, so I, I want to see him improve a little bit. I think uh, maybe seeing him at the combine throw against some of these other guys back to back to back will, will help too. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked what I saw. Like I used to be the guy, like I saw him at Auburn. I'm like, no, thanks. Um, yeah, he I remember listening to your older American games. You're like, nah, Bonix sucks. I hate Bonix. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the fact that I've come around on him a little bit more and recognize that he's not like some dirtbag quarterback that's not going to be good in the NFL, um, I've done that. I don't know. I think he has the talent if if he gets in the right system and he has weapons around him to be a decent starter in the NFL, like a – kind of like a, a Baker Mayfield type maybe. Um, but do I ever think he's going to be elite top 15 fantasy quarterback? I just, I don't see that personally. So that's kind of why I'm thinking he's probably going to be like a second or third round pick. Um, should get hopefully some starts at some point, but it wouldn't shock me if he's just um, a really good backup at, at some point. But I think there's more to him than that. If he gets in the right I think. I think he could be just like um, I just forgot his oh Jacoby Brissett, just a just mm-hmm. a good quarterback like somebody that's right. gonna go in there he's gonna get the job done and you know he's not gonna flash but he's not gonna go yeah. out there scared like he's gonna right. go out there he's gonna do what he does and whatever happens happens and so like you mentioned like a safe profile for him yeah he has the experience he has like fifty career starts or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So he's got the experience. Um, he's been in big games, so that's not going to phase him at all either. So, uh, yeah, definitely um, interested in Bo Nix. Next guy up, um, number six for both me and you is Michael Penix Jr. Uh, go ahead with Penix. Uh, this is the one that I really wanted to see something from the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of referenced it earlier with Jaden Daniels, but I think with Michael Penix even more so. It's the weapons that he had around him at Washington. I mean, he had three NFL caliber wide receivers around him. Yeah. And and that's that's something that not a lot of not a lot of college quarterbacks have or had. You know, they're a handful obviously in recent history, like with Ohio State and and whatnot. But for the most part with him, it's just like what's going to happen at the next level with his injury history. Mm-hmm. You know, he has double ACL surgery. I mean, he's, he's got a, he's got a bazooka attached to his arm, but he's a statue. Like he's not moving. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, what scares me. I mean, his, he doesn't move. Like, like I said, he's a statue in the pocket. Um, his inability to move is what'll scare is what scares me the most because not a lot of teams are going to have an, an offense structured around a court, an immobile right. quarterback. And with the way that defenses are playing now and the aggression that they have, he gets blitzed. That ball is going to have to come out quick. And he does, like yeah. I said, he has, he has a quick arm. He has a, he throws the ball hard as hell, mm-hmm. but it's, the game's going to speed up on him at the next level. And I don't know if with his inability to move and the injury history, I don't know how long that's going to hold up, but if, if he does, I mean, he's got, he's got a shot to be a really good quarterback. Um, mm. Just overall, I just don't know what that's going to like. If he can't get to that spot, what it's going to really do for him long-term. Right. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think he is going to be, you know, one, uh, just like Bo Nix, a, a high quality backup to where if he does start too, I think he can come in and play pretty well. Um, but I just don't see him being a like full time starter. And like you said too about getting in the right offense to where he's going to have to be in an offense that gets the ball out quickly. Um, I don't want to compare him to Tua because they're both lefties. But honestly, if like if he went got drafted by Miami and was the backup to Tua, I think that's perfect because that offense gets the ball out quickly. You know, accuracy like Tua does. Um, I actually think that offense would fit. Uh, Penix perfectly, but will Miami draft a quarterback that high? I doubt it, but no. it's going to kind of depend on where he goes. But if he's like asked to like extend the plays a lot and he's not doing like RPOs and, and all that stuff, like it might struggle a little bit. Um, but if he gets into an offense kind of like Miami's offense and he can just quick throw it and do all that, um, I don't think he's ever going to elevate all the weapons around him. Like you said, he had three NFL quality wide receivers this year um, that really did it for him too. But it's not like um, not trying to shit on Penix, but um, he could play too. Like, like you said, he's got a great arm. Um, He was like that Texas game in the, in the playoffs, man, his accuracy was on fire uh, pinpoint pretty good. Um, So I, I definitely am intrigued by the talent. Um, Do I think, man, so I think he's going to be like a starter for a team, like for a full season where we go into the off season and know he's going to be the starter. I just, I don't know. I don't think so though. I'm mean, if yeah. I had to pick, I'd say no, but I think he's going to be um, a very quality backup at, at worst. And then he's going to have a chance to, you know, the starter Tua goes down in front of him and Penix has to play the last six games like he could do it and maybe lead the team to the playoffs and whatever happens in the playoffs happens in the playoffs. Something like that. I, th- I think he could do pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Next guy up um, on our list. You have him at seven and I have him at eight. And that is Spencer Rattler from South Carolina. Uh, go ahead with Rattler. I mean, Spencer Rodgers been the butt of jokes for a while. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't like him just because of that, uh, the QB, uh, the QB school uh, yeah. documentary that he did yep. and like coming out of high school or whatever. But I mean, he's, he's a good quarterback and he showed it a lot of good things coming out of the senior bowl as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. He won the uh, MVP, he, right? Yeah. Uh, but just this past year at South Carolina, it just seemed like he was totally different than when he had been in the past. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't scared, but it wasn't like not being scared where he was very like risky with this rose. Like he was very meticulous and very strategical with his ball placement and his, you know, reading through his progressions. I mean, he has an above average arm, which is something that he was able to develop over time as well. Um, He's very quick with his throwing, too. Like, it's not a long windup. It's not a long process. Like, he's able to get through his motions and his mechanics very quick. So that's another good thing, too. Um, I just think that, like Bo Nix, what he is is what he is. And I'm not sure how much more there is to tap into to get out of him at this point. Mm-hmm. 
he yeah he is like a little bit of a gunslinger he's gonna have to work on his decision making too that's gonna have to get better but i definitely see like a quarterback coach saying oh give me this guy i want to work with him and mold him a little bit more because he does have a lot of the tools that you need to be a good quarterback he just needs to work on probably the mental stuff and making better decisions and stuff like that for rattler um you know going out winning the mvp of the senior bowl isn't a you know a slouch thing either like some of the um you know quarterbacks that have won it in the past you know justin herbert won it i think um carson wentz won it i think i want to say dak won it one year too you would know better than i was a cowboys fan hey hey, we Um, don't put that out there okay but uh uh yeah i mean rattler like man he uh he can definitely move a little bit like he's not like uh, a statue or anything but he can you know make throws on the run definitely can make all the possible athleticism yeah he can make all the yeah he makes all the nfl throws um i think he's gonna need the weapons around him too i don't think he's a guy that is gonna like elevate your whole team and i would i'd probably say that for most of the guys that we're gonna talk about the rest um, of the day there's like the elite guys that can elevate their players and then i would say probably from I think McCarthy has a chance from Bo Nix down that we've talked about so far. Those are probably going to be guys that are going to need the weapons around them, uh, the full thing to really put it together. But, um, yeah, no, I I like Rattler from what I saw. I'm hoping, you know, he's like a third-round pick. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. But if he goes fourth round, uh, like we saw a lot of those fourth-round quarterbacks last year, there was Aiden O'Connell. I think Thompson Robinson was around there. Uh, a couple other guys too. So, if he can go in that range, I think I think that's more than passable as well. I'll take a couple shots at him in some rookie drafts. Yeah, I I, I honestly think he's going to go maybe late second round, early third. I don't think okay. he's getting out of day two. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's going out of day two either. I think I think third round is probably where he goes. But would it shock me if he fell to round four? No. Um. Next guy up, though, we're going to talk about your number eight, and he is number nine on mine, and that's Michael Pratt from Tulane. And I know this is a guy you really like, so I'll let you take the floor on him. Yeah, I just think he's a a solid quarterback prospect. Um, He's, I think, a lot coming into this past year, I was actually really excited at the beginning of the year just to see what he would do building off of 2023 or 2022. Um, but he had that knee injury that he suffered really early. And it just never seemed like he was able to really come back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so with him, I like the fact that he's not afraid to throw the ball into tight windows, even though he doesn't have the best arm. Right. Like he he has – it's average to slightly above average arm strength, but he's not. He's never going to wow you with a throw. Like right. He's never going to be able to fit – like really zip the ball into tight windows or hit somebody quick on an out route or anything like that. But his just timing and anticipation of his the, his receivers' routes is just really good. Um, yeah. He's a very cerebral quarterback, and he knows what the, he knows the skills uh, the skill set that he has, and he's able to work with that. So mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Um, uh, prior to the knee injury, he wasn't a terrible athlete, but um, he he was he's never an, like he's not an above average athlete. He's gonna be he's gonna be you know he'll move when he has to. He's able to scramble around if he, you know, the, his his thing is his, his football IQ, essentially. And he's able to make those reads that he needs to make. And at the end of the day, 
uh, I told you, and I, I know you love this guy, but to me, he's, he's going to be like this year's Aiden O'Connell. Mm-hmm. He'll step into it. He'll get drafted by a team, and if he has to step in and play some games, he's definitely going to win some games for you. Right. No, I agree with you on that. Um, he has really good touch. I, I was really impressed with some of the touch on his passes that he had. Um, like you said, arm strength is probably just a tad above average. Uh, it's not going to wow you or anything, but he can make throws. Uh, like you said, he's a really smart kid. And then his scrambling ability, like I noticed um, a lot of uh, stuff on the goal line or like five yards out, um, he'll run some quarterback draws and uh, is not afraid to go and go to the goal line and run the ball. So he's definitely not a zero in the rushing game, but you know if he can get you 150, 200 yards rushing, I think that's fair uh, for him during the season. Uh, I agree with you that he could be, you know, this year's kind of like an Aiden O'Connell type, like just a, a quarterback who played really well. I mean, he did play at Tulane, so that does worry me a little bit. They didn't play like the greatest competition, but uh, he did tear the hell out of USC, even though USC's defense is a sieve um, in the bowl game two years ago now. Um, he did really good in that game, throwing to Tajay Spears and a couple other players there. So uh, definitely like Michael Pratt. Uh, quite a bit. I wouldn't be shocked if he's like a third round pick too, or, you know, if he can sneak into the end of the second, that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah. I think he's, he's somebody to definitely watch as you get um, further into the process. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just because like I'm looking at his stats now. So like I said, 2023, he was limited in a couple. So he missed a couple games with the knee injury and then was just dealing with that injury you know, throughout the rest of the season. But he played 13 games in 2022 and had almost 500 rushing yards throwing for over 3,000. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not bad. And Tulane isn't, you know, the great isn't known for producing really any offensive weapons out of there. So it's, it's you know, it's impressive what he was able to do with, you know, the skill set that he has. He He's able to make the most out of what he's what he's got. And I think that's that's something that you can really, you know, kind of, admire about a prospect like Mm -hmm. him or like he's never going to try to like outdo himself so it's right he's safe right um okay next quarterback that we're going to talk about here my number seven and your number nine and that is jordan travis from florida state uh so i'll start on travis since i have him higher so when i did watch him uh, he reminded me of a Jaden Daniels light, like kind of like the same game. Uh, I don't want to say his rushing ability is as good as Jaden Daniels. Like I don't see him running for 800 yards, but if Jordan Travis ran for 400, 500 yards, that wouldn't shock me in the NFL. Obviously he had the bad uh, leg break at the end of the season here. Um, well, so we'll see how that changes. If any, you know, if that affects him at all. I mean, Dak Prescott came back from a bad, broken ankle. Um, you know, some other quarterbacks have come back from broken legs, so it's not like it's a death sentence at all. You know, it's not like a ligament tear or anything like that. So hopefully Travis comes back and he's uh, more the same of, of how he was playing. Um, sounds like he's a really good kid from everything that I was reading, too, about him. Uh, but just play style, man. He reminded me just like a lot of Jaden Daniels, uh, just kind of watching him play. Still accurate ball. Um, you can throw the deep ball. He can do all of that. So I was really impressed with Travis, and that's why I have him a little higher because I think he's he should be able to fully recover. And maybe you know he's not. Gonna, I'm not expecting him to start right away this year, 
Um, but maybe in like year two, he can, or towards the end of the season, once he gets his feet under him, uh, he could, I think he could come in and start and, and be a force in the NFL. Like, I think he can, he could do it, man. Like if there was a, a fourth round quarterback that was a Dak Prescott, like I think Jordan Travis is the guy for me. Yeah, he definitely showed some stuff playing the ACC with Florida State. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no denying that. And he does have the rushing upside, like you said. I think with him, my my kind of hesitancy with him is he tends to get to his first read and not really look off of it in mm-hmm. the past game for the most part. So he, he's, he was very yeah. hyper-focused on Keon Coleman, I mean, majority of the season. And, I mean, there's a good reason for that, obviously. Right. But um, – for the most part, he didn't really look off of him that much. And it led to a lot of inconsistencies in the past game, mm. um, which would then, as the game would progress in situations like that, he would be scared and tend to like try to run first more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's what happened to him. That's why he got hurt. But you, you never know what was going through his mind at the time when that happened. Right. Um, he also, like, he's, he's a decent size. He's just small. Yeah, he's like, like, that's why I compared him to Jaden Daniels. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like, I don't know, he kind of reminds me of like a Tyrod. Yeah, yeah, that's another good one. Shifty quarterback, and I think that's kind of the role he'll have in the NFL because he does have a really good arm. I I don't think there's any denying that um, he has the arm talent to produce at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the processing for me. Yeah, he's he's definitely gonna have to get better at that. Like every quarterback that we've talked about, from Caleb Williams on down, everyone has a wart or two. Like it's, it's just gonna happen. There's no perfect quarterback prospect in this draft, so there's gonna be you know different quarterbacks that have different warts. And Travis, like you said, um, you know, making his reads better, moving his eyes, all that kind of stuff is gonna have to come with time. But I think that Tyrod comparison was a good one. Uh, like I said, Jaden Daniels, he kind of just reminded me of just watching him too. I think there's, like you said, if, he's, if it's Tyrod Taylor's his floor, okay, he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Uh, that's, you know, it's going to be somebody that you're going to want. So um, I'm hoping he's like a third round pick to fourth round pick. Kind of hoping more for the third the round pick, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that injury is going to knock him because, uh, like me and you were talking about earlier, he's probably not going to uh, be able to test and do all that. Like yeah. teams are going to want. Is he going to be able to work out for teams later towards the draft, closer to the draft? Maybe. Not sure yet on that. We haven't heard anything about that. He's really um, just going to have to blow the interviews out of the water. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he sounds like he's a really good kid with a good head on his shoulders. Um, I, I just I just liked watching him play. So if that's probably going to be a guy that I, I'm really on this year for sure. Um, next guy up is going to be your number 10 and my number 11, and that is Joe Milton III from Tennessee. So I'll let you start with uh, Joe Milton. I mean, there's, there's not really much to say outside of, like, the big things that everybody knows. He's right. A big kid. I mean, he is sturdy. He is a brick shit house, basically. Yeah. Like he is strong. Um, he's got a bazooka and a half attached to his arm, and that was um, something that everybody was saying from the Senior Bowl and all the reports that came out. He was just—it was like a, a fastball throwing competition for him. He just tried to throw the ball as hard as he could, um, and he's just a really great athlete. I mean, there, right. there's no denying that. Other than that, I mean, I don't know how much 
how much of a true quarterback he can be at the NFL level. Um, there's just nothing that really stood out to me with that. I mean, he, like I said, he has no touch on the ball at all. He's trying to force a ball into any spot at any time. Um, but he doesn't have the greatest vision either. Like, I don't think he could properly read defenses in it with the way, like I, like I mentioned earlier, with the way that defenses are playing now, the way they're scheming stuff up and they're doing a really good job at hiding what they're doing pre-snap. I don't know if he has the ability to make those reads and adjust mm-hmm. at the next level because of how quick everything speeds up. Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. What would you think about this? Sean Payton drafts him and makes him like a Taysom Hill type. Can you use him in the take running away, game? Take away the fact that he's a quarterback and I'm all for it. Right. Yeah, he, he he's going to be able to run the ball. He'll be able to run you over if he wants. Seen that on yeah. his tape. Um, he could probably, you know, catch the ball. You know, we don't see that on tape, obviously, but I'm sure he can catch the ball. Him Cordero Patterson. Yeah, you yeah, know, Cordero Patterson. Uh, yeah, on the goal line, he's going to be a weapon. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, <laughs> he came in and did some wildcat shit at the goal line. Um, he's obviously, he needs to develop a lot more of his game. Like you're not going to be able to Jamarcus Russell your way into the league just because you have a cannon for a fucking arm and you can run a little bit. Like you're going to have to do a lot more than that. Um, but I think he's got potential to do some of that stuff. Like, I don't think he's, is he a guy that is going to, you know, lead a franchise to the playoffs, start all 17 games? No, I don't think he's that. But I think he's a guy who can come in and burst if you need him for a, you know, a month stretch because your quarterback got hurt. I think he could be all right in that situation. Um, I don't try to think of like another type guy, but Taysom Hill just kind of comes to my mind of, um, he can start like like that and and be enough, especially in fantasy. Like he could just run the ball. He can run, you know, twelve, fifteen times a game for seventy yards. Maybe get a, a touchdown rushing the ball, um, and then his passing. Sure, he's going to be able to fire the ball downfield to his guys. You know, maybe hits on a on a bomb or two, but he's never going to be some like sixty five percent you know, completion guy or anything like that. Yeah. So I think he's kind of limited on what he can be, but if he could develop like a, like you said, Taysom Hill, or I said Taysom Hill, Cordell Patterson type, like I could definitely see that for him. What um, was um, the guy that came out of Ohio State a couple years ago? Braxton Miller? No. Converted um, receiver? Cardale Jones? Yeah, I remember him. Cardale Jones, that's who it was. Like, what if he's that? Uh, it wouldn't be very good for him because Cardale never no, even got but, a shot. <laughs> I mean, he got like the, that's that's right. kind of like what. Yeah, he's he's got a. Yeah the the arm is intriguing. Uh, the rushing is intriguing. After My that, thing is, he, he needs he's a lot coming of work. from a Tennessee offense that's known to be really friendly for a quarterback. Right. I mean, we saw what he did with Hendon Hooker, with what Josh Heupel did it with um with Hendon Hooker in that system. Um. Obviously, two totally different prospects. I mean, I wasn't the highest on Henry Hooker coming out, and I'm right. still kind of skeptical as to what he could be. But he's he's definitely a step above Joe Milton. But mm-hmm. it's at the same time, like we didn't really see that kind of production from Milton this year right. that we were able to see so like come so easy to Henry Hooker in the past. Right. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, so moving on from Milton now, we're going to go to your number 11 and my number 10. Um, and along with Jordan Travis, this is probably my second favorite uh, of these back-end quarterbacks, and that is Devin Leary from Kentucky. Um, so he's probably he's older prospect, 24 years old, so he's going to be one of the older quarterbacks in this draft. Um, he's obviously played a ton. But, man, with just watching him, especially his Kentucky stuff, he has, like, a mix of Brett Favre, but, like, in Baker Mayfield's body to him. Um, he kind of <laughs> plays like – he kind of plays like Favre. He's got some of that scrambling ability. He'll throw it on the run. Um, you know, he'll die for the pylons. He'll try and get every extra yard that he can. Um, but he plays – like, throwing style kind of reminds me of uh, Baker Mayfield a little bit. But it's, he's got accurate arm. Good accuracy for the most part. Um, but, yeah, everything that I saw, man, I really like Devin Leary from what I saw. I think if he could be Baker Mayfield in the NFL, I think that's um, – he's got a shot to at least be an elite backup quarterback for me, kind of like um, you know, like a Gardner Minshew type, but obviously play style totally different. Um, sure. But I, I don't know. Everything that I saw on Devin Leary, I, I really liked what I saw. Ball placement – accuracy touch uh can run the ball a little bit so he's not a statue uh, everything i saw on devin leary was pretty good and even you know playing at kentucky last year um you know obviously they had a couple prospects ray davis barry and brown dane key a couple other guys uh, but it's not like those guys are like you know on everybody's devy darling list like he yeah. he actually played pretty well with with those guys so uh really like devin leary a lot yeah uh when I know you're a big fan of his, but when I see his game, it kind of reminds me of like Kyle Orton. Like okay, just, I can see that. Like Kyle Orton ish, where like early, early, uh, like earlier Kyle Orton, where he just like he had that like physical play style, not physical, mm-hmm. but just like he wasn't scared to take a hit, nothing right. like that. And he'd go out there, he could sling the ball, and he's just aggressive. I think between like what you said too with Gardner Minshew, that's also a really good comp because he does have that aggression. And his mm-hmm. play style too, like that wild, just that, I mean, that wild, you know, ability. But, yeah. Um, it's like a touch of yeah. Favre with him, like a little, little Mayfield with that moxie a little bit. Yeah. Like, um, you know, don't, you know, going to make a play at whatever cost kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I just, I just really liked what I saw from Leary and uh, I'm going to be curious to see where he goes. Hope I'm hoping fourth round is his floor. If he goes later than that, then maybe I need to, cool my jets a little bit on um, drafting him, but um, all these quarterbacks that we mentioned so far are all guys that I think I would be comfortable taking in a rookie draft. Um, it might be like Devin Leary, Joe Milton are like round four or five picks for me if they last that long. Um, yeah. But I think all of these guys for me are draftable in rookie drafts. So coming into this process, obviously I knew Caleb Drake and Jaden Daniels. I was going to like, or have, you know, pretty high in my rookie drafts. I've honestly come away to where I really like this quarterback class. Like I'm, we're 11, yeah. 10 deep already. And there's even a couple guys that we haven't talked about yet that I still, you know, I think can, I could see a future for, I think this is going to really help like the quarterbacks in the NFL in general. It's going to make the position stronger. Like we're literally, yeah. I think we're getting 10 to 11 guys who can come in and play. Like, it's not like the Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Matt Corral draft. Like, yeah. 
yeah. none of those guys are like maybe two of those guys are even worth a shit. You know. And I think the biggest thing is with these guys coming out, like you just said with Devin Leary, that's a pro style offense that he's coming right. out of. Like exactly. a lot of these offenses now in college have developed into these pro style offenses that are making these quarterbacks a lot more NFL ready, mm-hmm. just like in, in play style and getting acclimated to that kind of system early on, as opposed to what it was previously. Right. All right. Um, I think those are like the main guys I wanted to talk about um, for sure and break down. Um, I know you have to take off here shortly, so we're going to fire off. Um, the last couple guys um, that I have on my list and then your list as well. I'll bring up yours. Um, just any of these guys you want to talk about before we get out of here. So I have, um, after those 11, I have Austin Reed, Sam Hartman, Carter Bradley, Keaton Slovis, uh, Tulia Tagaviola, John Rice Pumley, Jason Bean, Jack Plummer, Davis Richard, um, and then you have on here on yours Brennan Armstrong, Tanner Mordecai, and that's it. So, go ahead. Any of those guys you want to talk about? Floor's yours. I uh, definitely don't want to talk about Sam Hartman. We've already discussed that before this, but um, no, I mean Sam Hartman kind of is what he is. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I'm kind of intrigued to see what Keaton Slovis is going to do. Um, um, yeah, he's he's somebody that's very um, strategical. With his, with his, like, just everything that he does just seems like it's calculated in his head prior to him doing it to, like, absolute perfection. He just seems like a Josh Dobbs kind of, like, processor where everything just comes so quick and natural to him. Um, I mean, he's coming from BYU, but he's gone through so many different coaching changes and system changes at BYU. So he's been able to adapt to all of them and still have pretty good, uh, pretty good seasons. I mean, it hasn't been bad. Um, he doesn't have like above average arm talent, arm strength, but he, he can go in and get the job done basically is what I'm saying. So that's somebody that um, he's going to be probably a career backup, but I think he can be like, like a Cooper rush kind of where he Mm -hmm. can come in. He's just very smart. Very, like I said, it's very strategical, just knows what he has to do to get the job done. He's never going to wow you. He's he doesn't have like crazy athleticism, but Everything is short. Everything is quick. His He goes through his progressions very well, too. So that's the one that I'm kind of, you know, intrigued with and just following closely throughout the rest of this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked Slovis like four years ago when yeah. he was at USC. So I'm watching tape this morning, right, of, of Slovis at USC. And we're still talking about him playing with Michael Pittman, playing with Amon Ross St. Brown, and a freshman Drake London. And those guys have been in the NFL three or four years already. So Slovis has been around a while, and we haven't even talked about him playing at Pittsburgh, and then he played at BYU last year. So he's played like six years now. Um, Still young. Like he's going to be 23 come draft time. So it's not like he's like ancient, like Brandon Whedon, 27 year old or something like that. Um, I really liked Slovis at USC because dude, dude was like a Houdini in the pocket. Like the way he like mm-hmm. maneuvered around the pocket and got out of jams and stuff. It was like Drew Brees-esque. Like he was really good at that. Now, you know, I think with I, him, the thing that kind of like messed with him was that he kept getting stuck behind other quarterbacks whenever right. he would go somewhere. So like he was stuck behind Pickett at Pitt when he got there and obviously left USC and, 
to go there, and it's just been. Well, I think he um, he went after Pickett. He was the one who took over for Pickett the next year. So that's when yeah, he yeah, left he USC. Took, yeah, um, so he's been jumping around to try to like. Someone, someone jumped. I think he got injured. At, yeah, he got injured at USC, and I think it was. Uh, who's that one US? The one quarterback that's jumped around like seventeen times too. Um, Barkley. No, not Barkley. There's another guy. He went to like. He was at Georgia. He was at USC, and then he went to Ole Miss. I think. That's not coming to me, but anyways, there's a there was another guy that like started above him after he got injured. Like after he got injured at USC, someone else came in and played above him and and just kind of um, took him out of it there a little bit. So he had to like jump around from Pittsburgh to BYU. So I think that kind of affected him a little bit. But I agree with you. Like I think he could be a guy like wouldn't shock me if he was. Um, you know, somebody who came in and, and started a game or two and did well. Um, just, he's got a really good arm. Like I said, he's really good in the po- in the pocket. Uh, decent accuracy. Uh, he's got some warts to him as well. So um, kind of the same thing. Hartman, I agreed with you. I kind of compared him. I think I said Sean Mannion type, like Cooper Rush yeah. is another good one, where he could just be a solid starter for a game or two if you need him, but is he ever going to lead a franchise? Probably not. So he's, but he's going to be a really good backup type quarterback. So I like that one. Uh, the one that I really wanted to talk about, or at least two, uh, Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. So that's the same offense. Bailey Zappi came from set all those kinds of records. Austin Reed came in and threw the ball around all over the place too. And that's kind of who he actually reminds me of is Austin Reed or uh, Bailey Zappi. Um, obviously it's helmet scouting, whatever you want to call it, whatever. Um, but he's like kind of in that same mold where he could throw the ball um, all over the yard. Like he's just set up in that offense to run shotgun, uh, five wide, four wide, whatever you want to run, like in today's kind of NFL, um, Austin Reed could do it, and he's got a good arm. Um, it's not like an elite arm or anything, but I constantly can compare him to Bailey Zappi. Like, he can be that type of guy. So I could see Austin Reed being somebody I'm a little bit intrigued by, see where he ends up going to. If he gets into a, you know, gets with a good quarterback's coach or a good, you know, coach who knows what the hell he's doing, like a, if he ends up in Minnesota – if he ends up with the Rams, um, you know, any of those types he of could places. He could be like a Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. Right, yeah, with probably um better arm, I would say, than yeah. Garoppolo. More accuracy. Um, more accuracy, yeah. So I liked Austin Reed. And then I, I know people are going to laugh at this one too, um, but I was kind of wa- watching some of his highlights this morning. Um, To his brother, man, he's not bad. Like, I don't think he's ever – I don't think he's going to be some – starter in the nfl but if he's like a sixth seventh round pick it wouldn't shock me um i think he's got a he's got a pretty decent arm um accuracy you know leaves a little bit to be desired he can run the ball a little bit too um obviously being you know to his brothers you know he's he knows how to be a professional so i think he's going to take that seriously um and learn how to yeah he is he's a little bit tiny but i think i think he could if he had to start a game or two um, but he's going to need weapons around him. He's going to need the yeah. offensive line. He's going to need receivers. He's going to need tight ends. Like if he doesn't have that, then he's toast. Um, but he, he intrigued me a little bit. Like I thought like, man, this guy's been around for 17 years too. Um, 
and is he gonna is he actually any good like he actually he led the big 10 in passing this year so i mean that shows you the dude can sling the ball a little bit so uh he was a little bit intriguing to me as well um anyone else you want to talk about real quick or, or are you good no, I think that's that's pretty much it. We cover the guys that are basically going to stand out for the most part throughout this process. Yeah, I think the only other one that was above our final tier was Carter Bradley. That's the only other one that yeah. we really didn't talk about. Um, I, I added a couple guys to our list this morning. Jason Bean from Kansas. Um, Davis Richard from uh, North Carolina Central. He actually played against um, Dion's Jackson State team in the final two years ago. Um, he was kind of intriguing too. Obviously, he's got um, he's going to have to work on some stuff and didn't play the greatest competition, but uh, he's a big guy. He can he'll run the ball a lot more running uh, than he is throwing. So he was a, a little bit yeah. intriguing to me. Um, but yeah, that is it for our quarterback breakdown here um, for the prospects this year. So that was good. Uh, before we get into America's favorite game, I just want to tell you guys. Uh, you know, check out our South Harmon website. Uh, we've got the warp tool on there for sleeper and MFL. You can get your warp values for any of your leagues. Check that out. See what you should be rostering on your teams. Um, just kind of just check out the graph, man, and it'll show you based on your scoring settings. Hey, the wide receivers are more important in this league or running backs or tight ends, whatever it is. You'll see what's important in your league and how you should be structuring your roster. So it's a great tool. Um, it's six ninety per month or $69 for the full year. Um, a new part of it that uh, Koopa implemented was for startups. It'll give you the best available player based off of warp and your settings there. It's only currently for sleeper leagues right now, uh, but it's a great tool if you're doing some startups right now. It'll show you who's the best guy available based off of warp. So that's nice. Uh, Dynasty Mind Warp, a video series. Uh, Adam and Scott Connor on there. But I think it's like 25 hours worth of videos all about warp teaching you all about the tool how to read it how to evaluate it and use it for your team so that's always a good one uh, if you want the audio version that's only 25 bucks 69 dollars for the video only version or 125 dollars gets you the video series plus warp tool for a full year so check that out uh, we also have the lab which is formerly known as the sleepier tool if you've used that before in the past it's basically like a league manager tool for your sleeper leagues you can see all your current shares in your sleeper leagues um, it'll open up your sleeper leagues and show you where you rank at each position um, and kind of just show you uh, all that stuff so good for comparisons to your competition in your leagues it also has a couple new features i think that'll be coming out here shortly i think uh, they're working on the bugs to fix that but that'll be good um, obviously the patreon where you can get access to the whole south Harmon community interact with everyone in the trade channels you can post your trades that you make uh, to get on the trade show uh, Mike is doing the mock drafts every single Monday, which have been a big hit. You can get in there. Um, I think there's a certain tier you got to be in for that. Um, you can come participate with us and make trades with some of the other uh, Patreon members. And a lot of trades happen this week. And on the Monday version, I saw a lot of trades people are making to uh, for the mock draft. So that's really cool. So a lot of fun stuff going on there. Prospect and Debbie talk is heating up. I know Christian is one of the ones in our, uh, prospects channel posting links that he sees on Twitter every day. Um, good stuff is in there. Good reads. So you, 
anything from as cheap as a dollar tier all the way up to the $25 Savage tier. Um, sign up over there. The $8 tier, I believe, is what gets you the rankings um, that we were just going over. So if you're doing a startup right now, Dynasty rankings, uh, you want to see our rookie rankings, uh, consensus rankings of all six of our rankings combined, it's all on there. And then last but not least, our team reviews. Our team reviews have been heating up. We've done, I don't know, about six, seven, eight of them so far between the whole crew. Um, go over to DynastyTeamReview.com where you can go on the South Harmon website. It's there as well. Um, you can get yourself a Dynasty Team Review. You want us to look over your team, look over the warp, look over uh, your roster, who you should keep, who you should cut, um, make suggestions for, hey, you should go trade for this guy or maybe you trade this player because, uh, you know, one that I just had recently, the guy had Laporta and Hawkinson, but it was a 1.5 tight end premium league, only start one tight end, and the warp difference on the tight ends was just so low. Like, there's just no difference there in the tight end. So I recommended to him, hey, you should trade Laporta, who has the highest value of these tight ends, um, and go get yourself a you know a starting wide receiver that could make a big difference for you, especially because the warp on the wide receivers was so much higher. So if you like to hear that kind of stuff, um, you can join us on that as well. If you have your own questions, you can join us live on video um, and ask us any questions you have about your team. We'll be happy to help you um, and kind of dig through your league for you and help you become a juggernaut this year, man. Uh, doing some really good stuff over there. So SouthHarmonFF.com is the website. DynastyTeamReview.com is the website for the Dynasty Reviews if you are interested in joining us on that. All right, Christian, are you ready for America's Favorite Game? Oh, yeah. All right, I got a baseball question for you. Give it to me. All right. What's your favorite position in baseball? What do you think, like, and what I was thinking is, what position do you think means the most on the field? I may be biased, but I played catcher. Okay. And I felt like, I don't know, it just felt like you had to be aware of so many different things going Absolutely. on at, at the same time. You have to call a game from the pitcher. You have to make sure the defense is lined up correctly. Um, you have to make the re you know, call out the relays, line guys up if there's a play at the plate. I mean, it's just so much goes into the game. You got to make sure you're friends with the umpire behind you so you can get those little calls here and there. But right. no, for the most part, I feel like just, just having a good catcher. And I mean, uh, just look at like the successful teams in baseball today. All of them have really good catchers. Mm -hmm. Um, you look at you know, in, in the World Series between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, Gabriel Moreno is a rookie, but he is a really good prospect that I had been following since he, you know, in 2019 when he made his low A debut with the Blue Jays. Um, and then Jonah Heim was really good with the Rangers and then they traded for Austin Hedges, two guys that might not wow you, but they're productive and they're really good and they're very cerebral. And so yeah. catcher for me is... Uh, it, and if you look at um, a lot of the baseball hirings, it's catchers. The man, yeah, yeah, the managers, from managers. Are mainly, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of catchers. Like Stephen Vogt just became the Indians manager. Um, yeah, so well, catcher. Relax, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Indians, <laughs> exactly. And uh, like Mike Matheny from the Cardinals a couple years ago. Like that was the big, um, the big thing for managers was you know catchers. There's a lot of former yeah. catchers. Um, Bochi was a former catcher. Um, was Joe Torre too? Yeah, Tory was f former catcher. So I like catchers are are definitely a huge part of baseball. I agree with you on that. 
Uh, basically all up the middle, and that, that's going to be my my spot is shortstop. So catcher, shortstop, yeah. and center field; those are your like your big three main positions on your team. Like, yep. if you can have um, you know very solid up the middle, you're going to probably have a a pretty solid team. So, I I've always liked the shortstop position personally. Um, growing up watching uh, American League Baseball of Omar Vizquel, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, wow. Nomar Garcia Parra, Miguel Tejada, uh, just could go on and on and on of elite yeah. shortstops that have played in the game, especially being in Cleveland watching Omar. Like, wasn't like, um, you know, the greatest hitter of all time or anything. Wasn't going to hit out 15, 20 home runs a year, but he'd get you your 10. He could steal some bases. But um, if you ever want to go down the YouTube rabbit hole and watch Omar Vizquel defense or Ozzie Smith defense, uh, yeah. you get out the bottle of lotion and get ready because it's it's a sight <laughs> to see, man. Like, it's yeah. a good shit. Get comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like, Omar and Roberto Alomar, those couple years there with Cleveland, like the late 90s, was just pure magic. Like, Omar and Roberto Alomar, I would argue, are the best – shortstop second base defensive tandem of all time on a team yeah they were uh fucking incredible to watch so uh yeah shortstop is is my position how about um let's say let's let's do one more quick one your favorite shortstop your favorite catcher of all time man um just so catcher for me it's probably pudge Pudge, just because yeah. when I first started watching the Marlins like closely, it was the one year that he was there. Yeah. Uh, just everything about him was just just so clean, just so like perfect. Yep. Um other than that, I mean I saw like Benito San Diego highlights too, throwing yeah, guys out from his good, knees. Yeah. Yachty. Yachty's um, fucking great. Yeah, too, yeah, obviously Yachty, uh, Buster Posey too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just something about Pudge. Yeah, yeah, Yachty would be the more like mainstream i guess one but mm. uh for shortstops i mean that's that's a little harder yeah that's like you gotta really think about that one mine's yeah. easy just i'm biased because it's, it's omar just because i got to watch him all those years but like yeah i'm on the so i'm on the boat that uh their judo is overrated so but um yeah i mean i i can agree with that but he was still a good player like yeah wasn't no, like 100%. he was uh terrible no um so I guess for me, it's. I love the way Carlos Correa plays shortstop. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. He has an absolute cannon. He's got incredible range, and for somebody as big as him to be able to play defense the way he does, I think it's just crazy. Yeah, he yeah he's a huge human being. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's just so many like those types. Like even when A Rod played shortstop, like he was a big human being too. So yeah. um, then when he when he switched to third, it was probably a better bet for him, but. Um, yeah, I was always, um, I like my, my, de- my shortstop to play really good defense and Omar was, uh, was the absolute best, yeah. uh, catcher wise, man, I got to really think on that one. I mean, my catcher growing up was obviously Sandy Almar jr. Here for the Indians. Um, but after that, man, there's like so many different ones, like. Like you said, I Pudge Ivan Rodriguez, he was great, but he broke down a lot, got injured quite a bit there. Um, but yeah, he did have some, there. yeah, he did really have some really good years. Um, like the big catcher that I could think of from my childhood was Piazza, but he wasn't like mm-hmm. elite backstop catcher. Like if you did like the analytics on him, he'd probably like a 
fucking sieve back there for defense, like throwing <laughs> people out or anything like that. He yeah. wasn't good at that, but um, he was good. But I also uh, I also really admired uh, Jason Veritek. I liked him too. Yeah, he was a good solid catcher. Yeah, for sure. So type was good. Yeah. So definitely a good couple um, center fielder or uh, shortstops and catchers there that we talked about. So good stuff, man. Uh, appreciate you coming yeah. on. Um, I'll have you on next month when we talk about the running back prospects for this draft coming in. So looking forward that'll to having fun. you on. Yeah, that'll be definitely fun. It's, you're going to have to help me with that one because I don't even, I don't I even know it. who RB1 is. <laughs> I don't think there is no RB1. They're all just Yeah, it's like RB1 to 15 are all clumped together. <laughs> RB fuck fest is what yeah. it is. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be uh that'll be good for next month for sure. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that episode. But I uh, appreciate Definitely. you coming on, talking about quarterbacks, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh yeah. I think we we got some good stuff for the people. So I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You know I always love coming on. Absolutely. Yep. So follow me at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter at America's game pod on Twitter at South Harmon FF on Twitter and YouTube. And yours is I forget. At Seacrest24 or 24. underscore 24 or something like that, yeah. <laughs> C, it's like it's C underscore Crest24, right? On the Patreon, yeah. On the uh, South <laughs> Harmon, you'll see it. Christian uh, is in there all the time posting. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, for joining us. One. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.